Eye on the Illini, the podcast series brought to you by IlliniGuys.com. Don't forget, you can check out what we're doing anytime. Seven, seven day free trial. Larry Smith here. Um, kind of a, a, a special podcast. Those of you who follow this series know usually Mike's in, Brad and Ked and Matt and everybody but me. But this is one that I asked to kind of come in and, and be a part of. Um, it's really interesting. And, um, you know, so many times we we watch our favorite athletes and watch our favorite teams and wonder why this player isn't playing or not playing up to their potential or whatever. And there's uh, so many times there are some things um, happening behind the scenes. Um, we've got uh, a few guests tonight. I want to start off with uh, Keani Turner, who played volleyball for Illinois um, and just was um, uh, one of the bright stars. Obviously, we always love our orange and blue alumni. Uh, and they are here with us tonight. Kayani, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Hey, listen, I want to jump right in. First off, let everyone know, kind of uh, tell us, um, for people who may not be familiar with, with when you played, um, tell us a little bit, little bit, just a quick background of kind of how you came to Champaign. Sure thing. Sure thing. So I played at Illinois from 2004 to 2008. That was my last season. I was there for five seasons. My first season, first year I registered. Um, so Don Harden was the head coach when I was there my entire time. Kevin Hamdy was an assistant while I was there. My last year playing was Don's last year as head coach. And then Kevin took over after that. Okay. Okay. Now tell us about, you were, were telling us before how this thing kind of got started. Um, that you obviously were, I'm sure still are, top level athlete. I mean, you don't, you don't play a division one sport unless you're a fantastic athlete. So um, you're recruited, you come to Champaign, um, you mentioned you're redshirted, um, and, and then something happened that kind of set you on a path. Tell us about that. Sure thing. So it was my sophomore year, so it was really my first year fully playing. Um, I ended up having some shin splints. We were in, I think, Vegas for a tournament, and I was having some shin pain and uh, just couldn't get under control at all. We were doing everything that we could think of to get under control and I was just in tons of pain. So kept monitoring it throughout the season and, you know, eventually found out it was a stress fracture in my shin. And then after that, it was just, I'm sure we'll get to it, but there was a whole roller coaster of a lot of uh, trial and error, really trying to figure out what's going on. I still had a lot of pain, even though structurally I was healed and, you know, we did the x-rays and all that good stuff, but it, it really kind of got jump-started with a stress fracture that I don't know, you know, how long it was there, but I played on it wow. for some time. So the, um, this it was, was, it was probably, it was pretty bad. My trainer, Randy Ballard is fantastic. He's like, yeah, this is pretty serious. We got to, we got to shut you down. Um, and they did immediately. I literally came out of practice <laughs> and they said, you are no longer practicing. Here are your boots. Here's your boot and crutches you are done for at least the next six weeks. So that's what jump-started everything for me. And had you had any history of injuries before that? Not with my shin. Like my first, my freshman year, I, I did redshirt because I had a series of injuries that were not severe. They, they were just kind of nagging. I think my body was getting used to playing at the Big Ten level. Um, but I didn't have any other major injuries. No surgeries. I may have fractured my ankle when I was in high school, possibly, playing basketball. But other than that, nothing really. Okay. So you, how long did this, so the shin splints, you finally get that taken care of, right? And they said, structurally, you're back. You mentioned that. But the pain persisted, correct? It sure did. Absolutely. How long did For that? For some time. Yeah. How long did that go on? Whew. How old am I? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> are you still to this? So this is 2005. Uh, still to this day, you're having issues. I still do have occasional pain. It is not nearly as bad as it was when I was training. Um, but I would say, you know, at its height, my sophomore year through my last year. Um, so a good three and a half years or so of just trying to manage pain. Um, it really didn't ever fully go away. Sometimes I thought it did. And then it would, you know, a couple of days and then it would come back with a vengeance and then it'd be gone for a couple of days and then come back. So uh, it, it lasted for quite some time. No question. So while you're going through all this, I mean, obviously you're going to the trainers on a, sounds like a pretty regular basis every couple of days. It sounds like possibly with something. What were the trainers? What were the, the, the team doctors and the, the orthopedics? What were you hearing from professionals about the, the source of this pain and, and, and what you could do about it? Sure thing. So it was, it was really a trial and error thing, right? So we were thinking maybe it's compartment syndrome, right? Maybe there was, they were thinking, and I was thinking that it was just in my own head. Like, am I really actually having any sort of pain? And so we really went through the gamut of treatments. Uh, we had topical medication. We had oral medication. I had patches that were put on my leg to try to leave on there for a few days to let the medication seep in. I had cortisone shots done. Um, I had epidurals done. I mean, we were just trying to do everything we possibly could to try to rectify it, um, to try to rule out certain things along the way. When we finally got to a point where we're like, well, we ruled out this, we ruled out that. And this is the only thing that we were aware of that could potentially explain what's going on. Um, and so it took about maybe about a year year plus of just trial and error around, around, around of, of a lot of different things to, to kind of get to the CRPS diagnosis. And, and for, for those of us who don't know, for the lay people, <laughs> what is CRPS? <laughs> what does that stand for? Complex regional pain syndrome. And so, and, and what is that? What does that mean? Essentially is where you have a traumatic you know, injury to a particular area and location in your body. And structurally, your bones, muscles, ligaments, whatever it might be, heals properly. And there's, there's no indication of any sort of injury to that area on a scan, MRI, none of that stuff shows it. Um, but neurologically, you are still getting pain signals from that location. As if you stub your toe, right, on coffee table or something like that eventually your brain is going to reset and it's going to say oh actually it doesn't hurt anymore it hurts now but it's not going to hurt in, in five minutes and i'll be fine with crps you stub that toe technically it's fine your brain is still saying no no it's not fine something's going on here and these these pain signals are firing like crazy um and so it's so when i when i had a stress fracture i had a traumatic injury to a particular location on my body structurally i was fine but my nerves my brain kept firing pain signals that something was wrong down there. My nerves just didn't reset the way they needed to. Yeah. Um, and so this is, again, while you're still an undergrad, while you're still at the U of I, and, and you're telling us now that this issue, despite all the treatments, it's been diagnosed, but this still happens to this day. You still have nagging pain, um, and it sounds like it's, it's random, and it, it's... If not constant, it's on a regular basis, at least. Yeah, it's, I'm still pretty active. Like I try to do, you know, hit workouts, CrossFit, 
You look great, by the way. I mean, you look yeah. like that's why. That's why I want to make sure I I had it right when you played. So I'm like, I, I haven't been that long ago. You look, look you get out there right now and kill somebody you know, out on the court. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm trying to stay in shape, so I don't have to get in shape. You know what I mean? There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm still pretty active for the most part, um, and I just had to be careful with the shoes that I wear, um, with the surfaces that I contact. Uh, when I was coaching, I coached college volleyball for ten years, and Whenever I went recruiting, it was really tough because you're standing on concrete and convention centers for hours and days on end. Or summer camps were really tough too because you're standing running around on your feet all day. And those are always really tough. Um, nowadays, I'm not coaching anymore. I got out of the profession a few years ago. But you know, if I run, if I run in the wrong shoes in a workout in the morning, I, I might feel it. Um, or if I don't warm up properly, or because it's Tuesday, <laughs> like you can just you can just pop up whenever it feels like it. But it's not nearly as bad as it was. Wow, um, it's one of those things that I'm sure that being again a, a top level athlete had to be frustrating uh, for you. And and I'm I'm sure that this sounds familiar to um, the next person I want to bring in is Sandy Kegley, who um, you know the 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 you may know the Kegley name, Mike Kegley, of course is. Uh, Usual host here of the podcast. One of the reasons why I jumped in because it may have seemed a little strange for Mike to come in and, and talk to family. Sandy, um, I would think all this sounds familiar to you. Is that, is that fair to say? It sounds, yes, it sounds very familiar to me. I wish it did not, but it does. So um, we have spent the better part of the last um, two to three years in our house um, also dealing with what Kayani went through with complex regional pain syndrome. Um, in our case, it was our oldest son, Connor, who is a writer there for Illini Guys. Um, his injury started with uh, a tear to the Achilles tendon. And again, everything appeared to be healing properly. And just like Kayani said, you know, scans came back normally, um, tests came back normally, and just had this ongoing pain for him that wouldn't quit. It um, seemed to you know, it would ebb and flow. Um, but then what really seemed to happen is once Connor had COVID, and again, as Kayani pointed out, complex regional pain syndrome is really not a structural issue. It's more of an issue with the neurological system. Um, once he had COVID, it just seemed to settle in his neurological system. And it really kind of took that CRPS and went to the next level. And so it sounds like, um, you know, I think for, for both of you, and I want to talk to Connor here in a moment as well, um, there had to have been nights of utter frustration when you're going through. And, and you know, Keanu, again, with being a top-level athlete, and Sandy, you're a mom. <laughs> you know, it's, and, and yet you go to the doctors and you're spending time and, you're, and you can't find anything, any, any remedy. Absolutely. I mean, we have, um, to this day, we had 22 doctors that we've been to. Wow. We went to 180 doctor's appointments over the past 15 months. Um, 22 diagnostic exams, you name it, we've, we've done it. And you're just searching for answers and hoping that someone can come up with something that can help you. And unfortunately, and, and, and we're very fortunate, we um, are dealing this 
with this situation in the days of the internet and, and where a lot of information is shared, especially like on Facebook communities, things like that. I think Kayani, when you were dealing with that, it was before a lot of that was really prevalent. And so um, I felt like we had a lot of help just from CRPS communities across the country of mm -hmm. people who actually have this condition that we could lean on and get information and understand how do we kind of direct our own medical path because the reality is doctors a lot of times don't seem to know what to do with this. And so we kind of went and asked for what we wanted rather than waiting for them to tell us what we needed. Do you think that was the difference? The fact you were much more proactive and, and, and said, and on your own did research to try to figure this out? Oh, I absolutely think it was an enormous, uh, it was enormous toward getting Connor's complex regional pain syndrome into remission. It took us a long time to do it. And the other thing, I don't know, Kayani, if you had the same experience, but along the way, you know, because your neurological system is sending the wrong signals, it's sending that repetitive pain syndrome. I always refer to it as like a glitch in the matrix, but because it's sending the wrong signals, a lot of times it simultaneously sends, uh, quits sending the right ones at the same time. And so for Connor, what started happening was not only did he have complex regional pain syndrome that was impacting his leg, but he started to have soft tissue damage all across his body in his shoulders and his elbows, down in his ankles. Um, he tore both hip labrums um, because his tissue was not being nourished with blood flow. He developed um, autonomic um, neurological problems that impacted uh, temperature regulation, gastro uh, regulation. All cases, uh, he would get very lightheaded and faint. He, all kinds of things all across his body. And it went on. And, you know, every day you'd wake up and there would be something new. And you would think it's like you felt like you were at the bottom of the hill with a snowball just rolling down the hill at you. And you didn't know if it was ever going to stop. And thankfully, like I said, we were able to we were able to actively work with doctors to manage some of those symptoms of CRPS. They were very, very helpful in managing symptoms. But each doctor kind of only manages the sound. Well, I'm the hip doctor, or I'm the gastro doctor, or I'm the heart doctor, or I'm the you know orthopedic doctor that can look at your shoulder or I'm the orthopedic doctor that can look at your hip. So you're going to all of these places to try to manage these individual issues, but there's no doctor that says, I'm going to look at Connor as a whole and try to correct the glitch in the matrix. And that was the part where the internet research was very helpful because we were able to find a protocol to help him actually um, get his CRPS into remission. And with that, a lot of these other symptoms then started to subside. Yeah, Connor is with us as well. And, and Connor, I definitely want to, um, again, I'm sure hearing all this, you're just kind of nodding your head like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell us when, um, I know you were an outstanding athlete, um, you know, all through uh, your youth and in high school. Um, you know, you know your body. Uh, Kayani would say the same thing. You know when something maybe isn't quite right. When was that moment for you that you knew that this was something above and beyond just uh, just an injury? There was something more going on. Um, I had to say, I, so I tore my Achilles. Of, I want to say August of 2020 and 2019. 
And I knew by probably October, early November, um, because that's when I started doing the physical therapy for my Achilles. And basically I was doing like the easiest workouts you could possibly think of, you know, picking up marbles with your toes and uh, just doing like basic level stretching. And I was just like sweating, like through my entire shirt, just, I was just so hot. And I just, it felt like I was walking on a nail every time that I would get my boot back on and start walking up to my room after I would get done with it. So about two months afterwards, and I went to the doctor and he basically said, you're good to go. You just need to fight through it. Wow. Um, I know that you, when was the, the moment when you finally, um, cause this was then going on. You just earlier this year in 2022 underwent um, a procedure that kind of helped tell uh, Connor talk us through kind of what, what happened and, uh, and the end result of that. I'm not really um, the person you want to talk to about the science of the situation. Um, I know, but just, but, for, but, 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 it, but it was your body. So as you went through, tell us about that. So they basically, they put like two stem patches on you and uh, one of them goes on the area that's injured and one goes kind of up, towards like your spinal column. And um, basically it cuts off any uh, of the signals that your brain are sending down to that uh, spot, which mine was in and around the ankle. Um, it's the peroneal nerve. Um, but yeah, it basically it just shuts it all off and you just, you feel nothing down there while it's going on. And um, it was basically the first time that I could like sleep without having to take like a ton of pain medications. First time in what two and a half years or a year and a half? Basically, yeah, yeah, twenty nineteen, two and a half, right? Okay, all right, mom. On the medical side, what what were they doing? <laughs> What's that? I said on the on the medical on the medical side, what were they doing? Because <laughs> so I know you know. Therapy, actually, I well, I I know layman's terms. Let me put it that way. So uh, the therapy is actually called scrambler therapy, and it's really kind of an amazing thing. It basically. It, it, back to what Kayani described, Kayani described it as, you know, your brain is um, continuing to send that pain signal. So you've got this, this pain feedback loop that's, that's not right. And so what the scrambler therapy does, it's, a, it's almost like a terrible name, but it's also the perfect name um, because it literally scrambles the signal between your body and your brain. It, it sends a signal from your body. Your, your brain is sending down and saying your leg hurts and it sends a signal back and says, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And what it does is you do that for an hour a day for 10 days, a 10 day period of time. And then your brain starts to believe it. Your brain starts to believe that no pain signal. And then that becomes the normal. So every day he would go do this therapy. And, and I will tell you, this therapy is so wonderful. It's less invasive than even going to a chiropractor. And he would go and do this therapy and every day he would be relieved while he was laying there. But then we would go back. We were, we went and did it in Florida. Um, we would go back to the hotel room and every day he would get just a little longer period of relief until finally he had relief continuously, which was just so exciting. And one of the biggest users, I mean, I think this is a wonderful thing. They have these scrambler therapies all across the nation at like military hospitals because a lot of times this particular condition, complex regional pain syndrome, can go hand in hand with sort of 
um, not only with physical trauma, but also with mental trauma. So a lot of times our men and women in uniform are, are plagued with this condition after coming back from war. They've gotten an injury while they're there, but they also have sort of this traumatic brain situation going on where they've suffered mental trauma as well as physical trauma. And that creates the perfect swarm for CRPS. And so this is an option for a lot of our military men and women to have, um, I just think it's a wonderful thing. I think, I wish more people knew about it because I think it could help a lot of, a lot of folks. Talking here with Kayani Turner, the former uh, Illini a star volleyball player, and also Sandy Kegley and Connor Kegley about CRPS. And again, it's one of these, um, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of people that have gone through this in terms of, it's, again, having a pain and an ailment that you just can't quite shake, and the doctors uh, never, they never know. Um, Kiana, I want to get back to you and talk about, again, back kind of to your playing days. What was the mental toll? How was your mental health through all of this as you're going through? Again, this is you're someone that, that has performed at a high level athletically, and they have all these uh, these issues, and and when when you're a star athlete, that's a big part of your life, a big part of, of who you are. How did that? How did you handle that? Yeah, that's a great question that not many people have actually asked me. Um, so I appreciate the question. And candidly, it was really difficult. Um, you know, I started out my freshman year just figuring things out, didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> and then my sophomore year, I'm like, all right, I kind of. I kind of understand the grind a little bit and that's when the stress factor happened, but I was trying to play through all kinds of pain. And then my junior year, everything structurally was healed, but then I was still having all these kind of quote unquote phantom pains, right? Throughout my junior year. But at the time I was starting, I was, you know, ranked pretty high in the big 10, if not leading the big 10 and ranked in the top 15 nationally in kills per set, which I didn't know at the time. I just play. Somebody told me. Um, but then, you know, just to find out that, man, like, there's just, there's nothing that's working. Like I would have epidural in the morning and go play Purdue at night. Like I actually happened. Um, and just being in tons of pain afterwards, maybe the adrenaline got me through some matches here and there, but then, you know, I don't think I showed this earlier when we got to, after my, after my junior year of playing, uh, we decided that it was time to, to try another method right, of, of treatment. So I, was, I wanted to rush you know, University Hospital in Chicago and we, was, we were gonna go through a series of six shots. I only got through two because I started developing spinal headaches and spinal fluid leaking. Um, so that was the end of my treatment realm essentially. And from there on, it was just a matter of, okay, well, listen, we've, we've got to shut you down entirely. Um, and, and that part was really hard because the reason was we just got to let this thing maybe go away. If this thing can go away and you're pain-free for, I think it was maybe two straight weeks, then we can start thinking about bringing you back. And so the whole, my whole true senior year, I'm, you know, waiting for this pain to go away and it might have a day of, of comfort and then I get excited and then two days later, I get pain again. And so it was a constant cycle and it was difficult, you know, just cause I didn't, I didn't know what my body was doing to me. I had no control over what was happening. Um, and I also wanted to be a good teammate. 
England ambassador to the program. So I couldn't walk around moping all day. I was still going to practice and still traveling with the team and things like that. So I had to keep it in check as much as possible, even though I was in pain every day. Um, but I think one of the biggest things I learned from it was just control the controllables. Um, take care of yourself, but I can't control everything. And um, that was probably the biggest lesson that I learned throughout that process. And I've extended that to other areas of my life as well. But it was, it was really hard, for sure. It was definitely my identity. Athletics is my identity. Fitness is my identity. Um, and to kind of have that taken away in a way that I don't have any control over, whether or not my nerves decided to reset or not, was, was really difficult. Sandy and Connor, how did it affect the two of you going through this? I mean, for, again, two and a half year odyssey, um, you know, what affect anyone's mental state of mind? You know, Kayani has shared how they felt. How, how did you feel during this time for these two and a half years? And what did that, that do to your psyche? I mean, it certainly, the longer it goes on, the worse you get. I mean, I'd say for a first year, I was kind of not really knowing what it was. So I was just trying to live life normally. And I thought it was all just in my head because I wasn't getting anything answer wise from doctors. But um, eventually uh, I lived on a third story apartment and I basically, I got to the point where I couldn't even walk up my stairs when I would get home from work or from school. So I was like, I just, I can't even do it. I, I got to move back to my parents' house because I physically, I can't even get upstairs at this point. So I'm sleeping on the couch for like weeks at a time. Um, but by year two, I mean, that was tough. I mean, most days I did not want to be here, but I saw that it was getting a little bit better. So I had pain medication, which subdued my mind at least enough to where I could tolerate being alive for enough to know that I, I'll, I'll be able to get there as long as I find something that can get this to go away for a long enough period of time. Because, I mean, there were a lot of days where I didn't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. Sure. I didn't even know what to say. Sure. Sure. The only thing I could think about was my leg is on fire right now. Right. It right. was a tough year. I, I'm going to be honest. And, um, you know, watching Connor go through that just as, you know, he's my firstborn and, uh, I don't, I don't care <clears throat> how old your kids are. They're still your kids. And, um, you know, to, to have a, a 23, 24 year old kid, asking you, can we put a date on the calendar that if this isn't better by that date, I can have my leg amputated. That's an actual conversation mm. that we had. Um, it's not a conversation as a parent that you're ever prepared to have. And um, on, you know, on my 30th wedding anniversary, we had our 30th wedding anniversary last year. Um, Mike, Mike and I were getting ready to go out to dinner and um, I went up to say goodbye and, and Connor was crying. And he said, I just, I don't want to be here anymore. I, I don't want to, I, there's nothing for me here. And at the time I said to him, I promise you, I promise you, I will figure this out, but I just need more time. And, um, and then we, we left and we went to dinner. My younger son stayed here to, to kind of be, you know, on guard. Um, but we left, we went to our anniversary dinner and in the middle of the dinner, I got up and I 
I left. I went out to the car and I had what can only be described as probably a nervous breakdown <laughs> because I didn't know what sure. the answer was. I didn't, sure. I didn't have any idea. And, um, and I just thought, okay, I will, everything in me, I will, I will research, I will read, I will talk to people, I will do whatever I have to do to figure this out. And from that point, that was in September, and I found out about scrambler therapy in February of the next year. So it, it, we did lots of things along the way to get him what I would call incrementally improved um, through various ailments that he was experiencing as side effects of CRPS. But we didn't learn how to fix the CRPS itself until February of the next year. And then it took from February until May um, to get him there because you have to, in order to go to Scrambler, you have to wean off of all of medication and um, things like that. That's three months to get him off all of the medications that he was on. And that was a mental block because when you've been um, in that much pain and medication has been the only thing that's helped, and someone says to you, okay, now you got to take away all your medications on, and we're going to gamble on this thing that may or may not work. That's tough for right, anybody. Right. And, um, you know, but I just had to ask him to trust me and, and he, God bless him, did. And I, I said, I really believe in this. If I was doing it for myself, this is what I would do. Yeah. And um, we feel like we witnessed a miracle with that treatment. Yeah. And uh, where we're now. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I want to get back to, to, to Kayani. Have you thought about the scrambler um, treatment? Is, is that something you've looked into or, or is that, is that you going to go look it up now? <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I honestly had not heard of it um, prior to kind of getting together for this conversation. Uh, it was not something that I certainly was aware of when I was in college. I don't believe, that my training staff or doctors are aware of it. I, I don't think it was out then, candidly. Um, I know a lot of the treatments, I believe a lot of the treatments that I was doing was, was more in alignment with maybe folks that have like blood flow issues, potentially with maybe diabetes and some, you know, so I think those are the, the lanes that we were kind of leaning into. Um, I'm definitely gonna keep this in my back pocket. <laughs> Now that I know about it, don't lose my um, number. <laughs> I won't. I got you. Um, that's fine. And then go you know, look into it and see if it's something that you know needs to happen. Right now, it's it's manageable um, for me at this point. I'm still able to be as active as I'd like to be. Um, and you know, when the bad days happen, they're fewer and further between, which is great. And so, but I will definitely keep it in mind. Sounds like it. I, I've got a couple minutes here, and I, I want to begin to to kind of wrap this up a little bit. And and um, Keanu, what would you tell other athletes that maybe having the same kind of symptoms that you had? What advice would you give to them? Where, where should they go? What should they do? First thing I would say, speak up. First, I would say, you know, it may not be all in your head, like candidly. Um, like I thought that for some time. So speaking up, talk to your physicians if you have physicians, or you're certainly a team doctor, your trainer. You know, be very expressive about what's happening. Um, it's one of the things that I, I kind of took my experience and 
used it while I was a coach to ensure that student athletes knew that we were there to listen to them. Because I know sometimes as a coach, and I've witnessed it in different areas, like, you know, there's a grind and a pressure to win and succeed and push through and just grit it out. Um, and that's not always at the benefit of the student athlete. And so I always advocated for my student athletes when I was coaching to make sure that at the very least we can get it checked out. We can look into it. You might miss a match or practice or like, it's fine. Your health and you're human and you only get one body. So we got to take care of it. So that's the first thing I would say. Um, really, you know, tap into your network, speak up. If it doesn't make sense to you, keep searching and see if you can find something that doesn't make sense. Um, so at the end of the day, you got to take care of your body. Uh, you only get one. Uh, that's one thing that I think is hard as an athlete because we are taught. It kind of transfers into life too. Like it's your taught to just figure it out. Like I was told it's not going to get worse. It's not going to get worse. It's gonna, you're going to be fine. It's going to be okay especially after my first year, right, of being injured and I need to be acclimated to the college game, which was absolutely true. Um, the grind in college is very different. But I wish I would have spoke up maybe a little bit more. I was like, you know what, like I'm pushing, but man, this is a lot harder than I thought it was supposed to be, you know. Um, and so that's the best one of the things I would say to somebody, just speak up. There are a lot of things out there that we may not always have the answers for. So just because the team doc or trainer may not have an answer for you right then and there, keep communicating how you're feeling and ensure that somebody finds an answer for you. It's good advice. Uh, Connor and Sandy, same question for you. What would you tell people who um, are experiencing this? What advice would you give to them? You, know, you just got to trust yourself. Um, like I said, with my experience, I mean, I'm telling the doctor that did surgery on my Achilles that something is wrong with my leg. And he's basically just telling me to just, you know, go do the physical therapy. There was no do the physical therapy for me. I, the day that he told me that I needed to just push through it was the last day that I did physical therapy for probably eight months because it was making it significantly worse at that point. So you just gotta, you gotta know your own body. And if something doesn't feel right, got to you got to find some sort of an answer and if that means going to find someone new then you got to find someone new I, I guess for sandy i i want to change the question a little bit you've done so much research on this oh gosh yeah. where 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 should someone turn to to find the person who can help as you mentioned there's so many specialists but not really for this um and so how do you how do you how do you weave through all those other very understandable processes. I mean, we get it. We understand why you go through that. Keanu had the same, had the same issue. What's your advice for someone who um, has a family member going through this? So I think the biggest thing for me was there, there came a day where I myself, I cannot accept that this is his life. I, I do not accept that this is his life from this point forward. And so I knew at that point that I was going to do whatever was in power to figure it out. And the best resource for me, um, and I didn't even, I don't know why, it took me a really long time to figure out even to do this, but generally speaking, there are groups on social media that um, where people who have certain conditions will come together and they'll talk as a group. 
And um, so for me, I went to those sites as a caretaker to listen to what other people with this condition had to say. And I will tell you one thing that did for me too was it made me believe Connor a lot more because other people were saying the exact same things that he was saying. But then also listening to them, listening to what worked for them, listening to what um, gave them pain flares, listening, listening to them and taking their advice because they are the experts in this condition. And then I use that as fuel to go back to doctors and say, this is what I need from you. Um, and then always just being an advocate for yourself or, um, or that person that you love and care about just making sure that you don't take no for an answer. If someone tells you no, you go to someone yeah, else. Yeah. And um, that was that's the best advice I can give to anyone. The condition is called CRPS. Kiani, one more time for everyone. What does that stand for? Complex Regional Pain Syndrome. Complex Regional Pain Syndrome. Um, this has been a different um, episode of the Eye on the Illini podcast. We thought it was one that was um, that's that's worth exploring because we know that there's going to be someone somewhere who knows um, someone who's going through this. Uh, Connor Kagley, Sandy Kagley, Keani uh, Turner, uh, Keani Turner. I'm sorry. Um, thank you so much for your time, for your courage um, going through this. Boy, um, I, I really do believe someone's going to hear this and and say, wait a minute, okay, yeah, I know somebody or I've gone through this. So thank you for your time, and, and we wish you uh, many blessings and and um, continued successes in life. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for, for reaching out and for having me. I know it's been a, a number of years since I was in the Alana Circle, um, which is one of my favorite circles in the world. And so I, I, it feels like I'm coming back home. So I really appreciate the time today. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, you're always an Illini. Just don't. And, and, you know, and we, you know, we're the Illini guys, which also means Illini gals. So, I mean, you know, I mean, everybody's included. So don't be don't be a stranger. <laughs> oh, well, and I'll get back out to Champagne at some point. There you I, go. I definitely will. Sounds I appreciate good. it. Thank you. Sandy and Thank Connor, you. thanks again as well. And it's wonderful meeting you. Likewise. Likewise. Um, great information. Again, CRPS is is what it's called. And um, obviously, if you need to reach out um, to Kayani or to Sandy or Connor, you can always do that through IlliniGuys.com. There's a contact us uh, link there on the page, and uh, and we do read every single one of those. This concludes this podcast, this version of the uh, Eye on the Illini. Again, we hope that you join us not only on IlliniGuys.com, but on our weekly syndicated radio show, the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular in uh, 30 markets uh, all across the Midwest, heard in six states. Every single weekend we go on and have a lot of fun. Talking Illini sports, also some other stuff too. And you never know who's going to come on and, uh, and be a part of the show. We hope this has been informative for you. We thanks so much for listening. And uh, until next time, ILL. I and I. I and I. <laughs>